Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Beat two, three, four. Uh, so it's time for uh, Bart Keeler to hang out with us on a Wednesday as he's avoiding work. And he is preparing for one of the main reasons that Prem and Proper has not been issued this week. Because for those of you that play fantasy, we got multiple games and multiple teams. You got a, We got two matches here today in the Premier League to try to get everybody back up to full song. So uh, how, how you feeling? How you feeling, Bart? Um, nervous. <laughs> um, so my like Gunner's friend group, we've been having this joke, running joke all season, actually for a few years now, that Arsenal has never won the match after they've dropped a new like clothing line, and uh, Arsenal dropped a new one this morning. Uh-huh. So I'm not feeling great, not feeling uh-huh. fantastic here, John. Um. Uh-huh. Especially given that I think we did this the last time before we played Everton, uh-huh. and that did not go well for us. So um, that is making me nervous. Other than that, I'm feeling good. All right. So uh, since we spent hour number one on Stadia down here, I know that we need to talk CONCACAF, and I know that we need to talk about Canada soccer. So that is definitely on the table before we go. But since we spent hour number one on Stadia down here, what specifically, as you rub your hands together, did you want to address when it comes to size and capacity and location and who's playing way out of their geographic footprint and all the stuff that we've been talking about in our number one? Where did you want to start, sir? I mean, first off, stadiums are like my like very weird, nerdy point. I, it, I just could go forever on them, but I just... From an MLS standpoint, I think you're dead on that anything below 25,000 is not going to be good for your future. Um, there are a few exceptions. Like I think San Jose, their 18,000 seat stadium is pretty okay. Um, and they obviously have a whole end zone to expand on. I know they'd have to lose the the bar or whatever, but you know they, they could expand that if needed. But they're also not filling it up. Um, but there are 17 stadiums in MLS that have a capacity less than 25,000. Mm-hmm. That to me is not fantastic for the long-term growth of the league. Um, that's more than half of the stadiums in your league that aren't at that kind of like, not a minimum threshold, but it, it should be a, you should be aiming for 25,000 
for your your overall capacity because what that allows you to do is then you sell out some games that are twenty five thousand. That's fantastic. You're not going to get that every game. I get it. Um, shooter, I one million percent disagree with you, man. Um, I think that you are at a point where fifteen thousand is great for Louisville. That's great for Sacramento. That's great for I mean Indianapolis is building one that's even bigger than that. So fifteen thousand. What what does that get you? You're talking about the the top level soccer league in a country of almost 400 million people in a lot of metro areas that have millions and millions of people and you're unable to get a quarter of a of a million people to come to your uh quarter of a not even quarter of a million whatever i don't do math whatever Twenty-five thousand people to come to your 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 event every week that's that's not great i agree that sixty-seven thousand or whatever that's not going to do it that's not my point 25,000 is not a a hard number to reach if you try. And I think, John, we, you talked about this with Red Bulls, and maybe you talked about this with San Jose, but the trying part, are you trying to get people there? Because that's a whole different strategy or in a whole different discussion. But I don't know. I'm just – MLS is the, – the new stadiums, uh, St. Louis, um, Austin, Columbus – St. Louis is the largest of those at 22.5, right? <laughs> That's disappointing that they they put themselves at such a disadvantage. Alex, great point about Burnmouth too. That has put them at some financial disadvantages in the past. No doubt. 11,000 sounds really cute and that's quaint and that's, you know, a great little fairy tale story that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney will share to, you know, FX, but is that actually going to get you money on a day in and day out basis? I mean, think about the John, you you probably have heard this, but uh, before the last 10 years, mm -hmm. if you were a college sport program, an athletic department, most most athletic departments, at least that I knew of up to 10 years ago, that's the last time I stopped really looking at this, was most of them did not turn a profit whatsoever. Right. Even with all the donations they brought in, right? Um, they just weren't turning profits. The ones that did, had a very, very, very simple formula. Have a 90 plus thousand seat stadium, fill it six times a year. Yeah. And you take that program and it trickles down into the successes of the other, of the other uh, athletic programs that you have, hopefully, or at least you're filling the capacities there. Right. You're and fine. so something that if you're MLS and you want to grow and growth for MLS right now, means spending more money on players mm -hmm. that's to me where we're, we need to focus most on because growth is not we have more teams growth is how do we get more people watching our sport so that we can spend more money on the product right and right. So that's a kind of a chicken and egg question to be quite honest but if you're limiting yourself to twenty thousand seats that's really not a lot of ticket revenue right now, obviously 5,000 more seats is not a, a significant amount, but that is when you extrapolate that over 17, 18 games out of the season. So that's my point, right? You need to be able to give yourself an, a, a, the capability to make more money by just having more ticket seats to fill, meaning more tickets to sell. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, and I think that there are markets 
where, you know, and like we said, we were talking to Dylan about NYC, the NYC fan base might just be 25,000. And, you know, having to combat that, you know, okay, so if there's a if there is a larger demand, if that if twenty five thousand is the sweet spot for NYC in an interborough, in an in in an in borough live work play environment where you want to control all of the revenue, and that's the other part of this too that we haven't even gotten into. You have owners that want to control every aspect or as many aspects of revenue as humanly possible. That's why in the lower divisions. You have these live work play yes. environments that are these multi-use facilities yeah. where you see what's going on in Statesboro. You see what's going on in Chattanooga. Lexington is trying to do the same thing. Uh, Greenville is trying to to come up with that kind of a stadium. You've got Milwaukee is that's their plan with their new stadium. Des Moines, um, you know, even to an extent, I mean, a bigger extent, Indianapolis. That's like literally what they're trying to do with Eleven Park. You're right. I mean. Y- that's opportunities for revenue. Look at the Atlanta Braves and how they've been able to increase their spending on players because of what they've been able to do at Truist Park and the complex around it. Yeah. So if if you limit your capacity in one way, you have to figure out how to maximize revenue in others. Right. And that's what you're staring at these days. Because teams and ownership groups and franchises and leagues understand the three-dimensional aspects of revenue and revenue generation. And I can't believe we're doing Econ 101 with Stadia here on the show. But that's what Wednesdays are for. That's pretty much what the show's for, period. But it's just it's interesting right now as we analyze Major League Soccer. Where we are in MLS 3.0, if you want to attach numbers to it, I think we're in 3.0. I think Atlanta United was a part of bringing 3.0 on board. And we possibly might be looking at this as 4.0, John. I'm just so saying. We'll, so we'll but, say, but yes, we're still at 3.0 for sure. So 3.5 with the with the expansion yeah. franchises. So we're at 3.5. TV and everything, absolutely. Right. So we're at 3.5 in Major League Soccer. It is now up to Major League Soccer to figure out how to maximize its presence how to be sport number four consistently mm-hmm. and not just, you know, when the National Hockey League is not in their playoffs. And David, we'll get into the National Hockey League in just a little bit because that's a sore subject for me and always will be. Um, you have to have these markets that embrace what's going on. I worry about Austin. I worry about St. Louis. Because you're the newest guys on board, Mm -hmm. and you're at 20 and 22 for your capacities. And like I said, we talked about the dynamics of expansion at Q2, and it might only be in one section because of how jammed in that stadium is. I mean, literally, it was jammed into a space where it is apartment buildings and warehouses around your fence line and creeks, and you got no space. Except in one area where folks are walking right now and you're you're turning dirt, uh, grass into dirt. That's it. Or you're knocking out parking spaces. Q2 yep. will not be any larger than it is, I don't think. There, there's not a whole lot of expansion room at Q2. It's a beautiful stadium. It's a wonderful stadium. It's, we'll not dispute that. Absolutely. It, but you're right, John. There's not a whole lot of room for expansion. That's where one thing I will give credit to for uh, Nashville, Orlando, um, 
to an extent, St. Louis, there is room to add seats to close in fully that upper deck. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that will give you a couple thousand more, which, you know, at this point is probably about all you would need. Like, we're not talking about needing to go to 40,000 seats for most of these stadiums. I understand we are not there. Even the NHL, which, you know, probably is ahead of MLS and the overall grand scheme of things in this sporting landscape, um, is not there. NBA, obviously not that. Now, now granted, they have much longer seasons, mm -hmm. uh, but but they're, they're, most of their stadiums cap out at 22,000. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at is if you want to be bigger, be bigger. Sometimes you have to, to do it yourself. I mean, we've got two suburban stadiums right now that um, sell out basically every match, Kansas City and Sandy, uh, RSL, mm -hmm. um, that probably need to be expanded. And there's not a whole lot of room to expand for Kansas City because of the way the stadium is built. Right. But there is room to expand out uh, for what is that called? America First Stadium right now. It's it's Sandy. the riot. It's, it's <laughs> and, and Sandy, there's there's space because that was actually a well-built MLS 2.0 stadium. Um, it's not Frisco. It's not uh, uh, Commerce City. You know, it's not it's, in one of those locations, and it's not Bridge, Bridgeview. <laughs> I loved Br Bridgeview Stadium, honestly. The stadium itself was really, really quite nice. It's just in a terrible. It's, it has somehow the only spot in Chicago that has no public transit going to it. I don't know how they manage that, but uh, David, getting into the hockey discussion, and if you want to do Atlanta Spirit down here, David, you probably came to the right network because, brother, that could be an entirely different show. Don't get me started on Atlanta Spirit. And I will fight people who say anything differently. NHL failed in the South when failing to get grassroots youth involvement in the sport. If you cannot build support in areas that I suspect already have vibrant youth soccer programs, then you are not trying. Uh, in this particular market, and Shooter, Shooter says that NHL is miles ahead of MLS. I would, I would because say, I got a head start, John. In pockets, yes, Shooter, yes but not in the overall, because for every market that you tell me it's a success, and I'll, I will go ahead and say, we'll go ahead and use your example of Boston and TD Garden. For every Boston, there's an Arizona in, in that league. I think that there are franchises that don't need to be where they are. I think Arizona needs to be in Quebec City. But Gary Bettman is not going to surrender a snowbird market because of his ties with guys like Cliff Fletcher, the old school guys, and getting that revenue of folks that want to fly out of Canada and come see games in a 5,000-seat arena on the campus of Arizona State University that is named Mullet. You cannot have, you cannot have situations like Arizona where Gary Bettman goes on social media and completely, and he says he wants to have the voters of Tempe, I believe, vote for an initiative that turns a landfill into arena space. Gary Bettman, the commissioner of one of the mm -hmm. top four leagues, of, allegedly, in the Americas, goes online to support a ballot initiative for an arena. Yep. When was the last time that's happened? Where a commissioner publicly... We'll do something like that on a standalone. The Arizona has no business being in Arizona. They haven't for a decade. I went to games in Glendale 
when they were jobbing.com arena as a part of that whole live work play environment that they were trying to create in the middle of nowhere next to the rattlesnake. And we know how successful that building has been in getting national championships. I spent $18 in a secondary ticket market to get seats that were 10th row, even with the goal at jobbing.com. Yes, it's a couple of years ago, but still. That team has no business being there. It needs to be given a good home if the National Hockey League wants to have franchises Mm -hmm. across the board that are worth a farthing. That's why I don't think that NHL is a solid number four. I think MLS has more growth available to it at MLS 3.5 to become number four consistently. So I think that's where that's where we are here with this shooter. I mean, ooh, I, I want to to David's point though. I mean, yes, you need good youth development and youth engagement systems. Absolutely, that's part of it. But again, if you want to open yourself up to more revenue, a twenty-five thousand seat stadium is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're you're embracing yourself. With uh, with everything, and Florida Panthers will talk to Sean Vergara about what's going on in South Florida with the Florida Panthers. I mean, their capacity, depending on if they suck or don't, that's when people go see them in Sunrise. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Stadia down here can go forever. All right. I know that there were some other things you wanted to talk about. Concacaf made our heads hurt yesterday. All right. Here's here's what here's what's going on with Concacaf. And this happened, of course, after the show, so we couldn't do any kind of a breaking news sounder. Um, so here's what's going on. CONCACAF has announced its council has approved the formats for its senior men's national team competitions taking place between 2023 and 2026. CONCACAF, and this is from the release from CONCACAF. This is not me editorializing. CONCACAF has developed these formats following an extensive consultation process with its member associations and an analysis of the formats delivered in previous editions. CONCACAF Nations League, introduced in 2018, first edition in 2021. That was your opening paragraph. The second edition is currently in progress, with the last group stage matches taking place in the upcoming March 2023 window. Matches will determine the four League A winners that will advance to the CNL Finals to be played in June, and the 24 teams that will qualify for Gold Cup prelims and group stage to be played between June and July 16th of this year. Beginning with the 2023-24 edition, which commences in September, the competition's format has been revamped. That's the that's the verb that CONCACAF used to include more direct... Two editions in, we've already changed it all. Yeah, absolutely. More direct elimination matches that will qualify teams to continental summer competitions. The 23-24 edition will provide the qualification route for CONCACAF's six competing teams. In the 24 Copa America, the 24-25 CNL will qualify teams for the Gold Cup. The format for the next two editions will be as follows. I feel like I need some kind of game show music underneath me. The competition will will continue to be played in a three-league format, A, B, and C. The region's 41 men's senior national teams will be distributed into the leagues according to the results of the preceding CNL edition. League A, 16 national teams, group stage and quarterfinals. It's been expanded from 12 to 16. New quarterfinal round has been created. Translation, more revenue. Group stage play. The 12 lowest-ranked League A national teams, based on CONCACAF rankings, will be split in two groups of six and will play in a Swiss-style league system 
with each team playing a total of four games, two at home, two away. After the group stage play, each group will first and second place finishers, four teams in total, will advance to the CNL quarterfinals, while they will join the four top-ranked League A national teams based on the CONCACAF rankings as of March. League A's new quarterfinal round, played in a home-and-away format, with the aggregate score winners in each quarterfinal matchup advancing to the CNL finals. Specifically for the 23-24 CNL, the quarterfinal winners will qualify for the 24 CONMEBOL Copa America. Further details are available below. Okay, let's pause right there. <laughs> so the big change here. Wow. The big change here is that we went from what is now a 12 league, a 12 team league of four groups of three mm-hmm. to a 16 team league where you have two groups of six competing in the group stage in a Swiss league style, meaning they will not play all of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, while the top four CONCACAF teams, basically the teams that make the final this year, mm-hmm. uh, will get a bye to that quarterfinal. Yeah. So this actually, if you're a U.S. fan, is a positive. Okay. Tell me because why. Because we're not bogged down. What? Uh, okay. So let me ask you a couple questions, John. Sure. No, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I just I want you to justify your case, counselor. Oh, and that's why I'm going to ask you questions. So. Do you think that the I mean, we're, we're it's March one, we play in 25, 24 days. Sure. The U.S. men's national team are traveling down to the Spice Island of Grenada Ooh. to play a Concacaf competitive Concacaf Nations League game. Do you feel that's really a competitive game that is going to give these players any sort of actual learning experience? That should be a no, counselor. Okay. Now, that said, I think we can all agree that probably the El Salvador game that we'll be playing a couple of days later is a fairly competitive game. Agreed. Especially when you look at the, the the type of game that we had to play down there back in, what was that, June, July, yeah. so one of those months. Yes. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. So if you're a U.S. fan, you've cut out having to play Grenada. Mm-hmm. You've cut out having to play uh, Cuba like we had to the last league. You know, So you're... You, the likelihood you get a team that is competitive with you in a two-leg quarterfinal yep. is a positive. Right. You're not, and you're not bogged down by playing what you know are not good teams. It allows you now in those two windows in September and October to go find better competition and friendlies. And even I know competitive game versus friendly game some people may not think that they're equal but i would much rather be playing germany and a friendly which is some 
rumor that's been reported than, you know, Grenada or Cuba or even Curacao. So me and Principe. Yeah, you know, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And no disrespect to them. No. But like that's just where you have to look at it as a US Mexico fan. You know, Canada still needs the competition because they're not as good as they think they are. But for the US and Mexico, these are positive. And to be quite honest, you know, you're looking at US, Mexico, Canada, probably Costa Rica, all getting that automatic buy to the quarterfinals. Well, those are the teams that qualified for the World Cup. Are you really telling and and have by the way, three of those teams consistently qualified for world cup since 1990 you know it it, i i have seen some criticism of all these competition formats but specifically of the the nation's thing saying oh well this isn't fair to the lower teams and i would argue that it is sorry um it's going to give you teams that are more at your level still give you competitive matches which means that your fifa ranking will increase because that's the other, well, that's one of the big reasons that CONCACAF did this is you want more competitive matches so that you get more points in that FIFA ranking. But for the US, Mexico, they're not really benefiting that much from these Nations League group games. And we can benefit more by playing a team like Germany, England, Netherlands, Spain in a friendly because, you know, we have a chance to even a team like uh, Chile or uh, Belgium. Those, those are just better games than what you're going to get in a Nations League. So this is a positive. And also, we now know the qualification path for Copa America, which if you're the U.S., Mexico, Canada, Costa Rica, you really like your chances to do that because not only do you have this quarterfinal tie that if you win it, you qualify automatically, but then you have a playoff against another team that lost a quarterfinal. Um, again, you got to like your chances with that. Yeah, so Copa America qualification, as Ricky has said, it is four League A quarterfinal winners, two winners of a CONCACAF Copa America play-in single elimination matches played March 24 in a centralized venue between the four League A losing quarterfinals. Gold yeah. Cup qualification, uh, CNL from 24-25 serves as qualifying competition for 25 Gold Cup. Further updates regarding the qualification process will be announced in due course. Thank you, CONCACAF. And then the CONCACAF qualifiers to 26. Uh, FIFA Council announced three World Cup hosts automatically qualify. FIFA confirmed the CONCACAF has allocated a further three direct qualification berths, two intercontinental playoff berths. Accordingly, including the three hosts, CONCACAF can have up to eight participating feds at the next FIFA World Cup. Qualifiers will not include Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. Played between, that really should be among, be played among CONCACAF's other 32 FIFA-affiliated member associations. First round starting March of 24, second round June of 24, June of 25. Follow 25 for the third round with the 12-member associations and six match dates. My head hurts. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately with the uh, World Cup qualifying, like that was just going to be a little bit topsy-turvy because we have the three guaranteed qualifiers, and now we get three to five more, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, that's good. And, And I think this does set you up to for the qualifying it it does give teams like costa rica a very good direct way to qualify that should not give them a whole lot of problems it gives you now teams like maybe jamaica or another caribbean team that we desperately need to we need to raise them up and this is again the, the goal of Concacaf is not to make the us and mexico better it's to make all of their teams better and you know there are caribbean nations that should benefit from this 
and it's odd what uh, Twitch decides to asterisk out in any given situation. The word "losers" got asterisked out in the Twitch pitch on uh, yeah. on the actual the, the rundown, where I can see what the actual word is and what's yeah. going on on Twitch. And the word "losers" got starred out. Uh, before before we go, we talked a lot about yesterday. What's going on? The great work by uh, uh, Rick Westhead at TSN and the Canada Soccer situation. Uh, frankly, I'm waiting for April, which is technically now next month, where I'm guessing there's going to be a strike involving the Canadian women's national team. Yeah. And uh, it's going to get really messy. But if you're looking at it from the perspective of the women's national team, uh, you have a gentleman who is no longer in charge at Canada Soccer as a result of all of the uproar and outrage. Yeah. I mean, Canada Soccer, the French Football Federation, both their presidents resigned over issues clearly stemming from the management of the the women's national teams. And if you're the French Federation, you've got a women's national team that, quite honestly, has underperformed. Um, and the reason it's underperformed is because of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you have not supported the women that you have that probably should have won a World Cup by now. Um, Canada is the flip side where they've the women's team has clearly succeeded in spite of the, the federation support. Yeah. Um, I I'm very curious to see and Coco brings up a good point. Like again, we go back to the fact that the men's team has also had issues with Canada soccer. This is yeah. not exclusively a women's national team issue with Canada soccer. The I mean, I I was reading on Twitter the other day by a lot of um, uh, Canada fans are just concerned about where is the money that Canada soccer should have got yeah. because they haven't paid the men's players the way, at least on the schedule they should have. They clearly haven't paid the women at all. Yeah. Where's your money? Um, and that's just what I keep going back to with Canada's is if I'm the, like, because they, they had a, uh, a sum and uh, national federation kind of partnership the way that us soccer used to have, um, we can debate how some affected the men's and women's national teams, but from a financial standpoint, it was a, a pretty good relationship. Would you not say, John? Yeah, it was. And that's clearly not happening north of the border. No, the current deal with Canada soccer business is three million a year, and then if there's anything over that, then I think CSB got got to keep that revenue. So it was a three million flat fee. And as we were discussing yesterday with what Rick Westhead was saying on TSN, tsn.ca, and follow R. Westhead on the Twitters for all this kind of stuff. Very, very good investigative reporter. The trip involving in the, the matches against Brazil for the Canada women's team, basically they were living, you know, they were hand to, you know, hand to mouth. And it, you cannot have this. You simply cannot have this kind of, activity going on with national teams you had to have a benefactor basically say okay tell you what i'll foot the bill for the trip you can't have that where is this money going who has it and what has been done with it yeah and that was that was a a, kind of a sad revelation Um, you know it's not it's somewhat similar to um the jamaica women's team basically being funded by Bob Marley's daughter. Yeah. Um, but even to a greater extent, it's sadder in Canada because there's just more money there. 
Jamaican Federation we know has money issues because again, they have similar issues with not being able to play their men's. Uh, ask Andre Blake how he feels about them. Um, and, and But Rich, that's the point, right? Like it, they have been broke. I mean, a lot, again, to go back to a much earlier point that I made about you know athletic departments in college, a lot of federations are nonprofits. So they're not running a, a, biz, a money-making business, right? Canada soccer was broke because they had no real revenue stream. And then you had a Canadian men's team go on a great tear through qualifying. Um, you had seven home games in qualifying. You had a women's team win a, a gold medal at the Olympics, and then you did nothing to really parade them around the country, which could have been a money-making opportunity. And and that's kind of where we're wondering is, yeah, y'all used to be broke, but you just had a big influx of cash. And and you know, again, it's not like any pay scale has significantly changed, but you're still unable to pay the players, even though you just got a lot of money. Yeah, and, uh, and you've got this executive council for Canada Soccer that is has direct ties to the uh, Canadian Premier League. Yep, and it took Christine Sinclair and and saying and basically shoehorning a press conference in and saying, "Hey, we're going to start a Canadian Women's League." Just independently, they're like, we're going to do it. We're bringing in sponsors and, you know, we're, we're just going to, you know, forget whatever, whatever else you're hearing. We're just going to go ahead and start a league. Which, again, I want to underscore there wasn't. It's not like with U.S. soccer, you kind of had some of these like WUSA, you, you had iterations of a, at least an attempt, right? No, you just have any. Um, it's, I am in awe of women like Christine Sinclair for being able to rally the troops the way she has. I'm in awe of Wendy Renard who, I mean, I know she's playing in a lot of world cups, but again, you're talking about a French women's team that every tournament they enter are a favorite and, you know, you expect them to finally win. Um, and she's saying no, which, I mean, this would probably be her last world cup anyway, to be just, you know, quite honest, but I'm, but I'm out, I'm done, but I'm not. Yeah. And, and then, uh, the, I, f- I think um, two other women followed suit and said, we're not that's doing it. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're, if you're the U.S. women's national team, this is good news because your competitors are packing out of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, you still haven't had res- resolution with the Spanish women's national team, by the way. They still don't know what's going on. Um, it's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it, it's a mess on women's soccer right now. And, and I think – as much as we don't like to give U.S. soccer a lot of credit for anything, you got to give Cindy Parlo Cohn a lot of credit for getting the men's and women's players associations to the table to figure something out that that benefits both parties, but mutually benefits everyone um, who plays for U.S. soccer. And I think that's it's quite an accomplishment from our, our federation president. And now also looking at JT Batson as CEO, who – Again, lobbied CONCACAF to, you know, and I, I'm not sure it was hard to to say, hey, CONCACAF, we don't want to have to play these meaningless Nations League games in uh, September and October. And obviously he was on the same page as, you know, probably Mexican Federation. But JT Batson has done a lot of great things so far with um, competitions, right? And, and it, this is why I'm confident that the issues within U.S. soccer will come, will be figured out, right? I don't like, again, that we have had to still fight with, especially within the women's program, uh, 
mental and physical abuse. But there are so many things that like U.S. soccer as a whole can fix. Hopefully there that JT and Cindy Parler Cohen are able to fix the problems that U.S. soccer can control with that. Um, and then hopefully influence other organizations under U.S. soccer to fix their issues. But it's quite sad that the U.S. Soccer Federation, even with all of the problems we've shown to have with soccer as a whole, but specifically women's soccer, is in a much stronger position than a lot of federations that have been operating a lot longer and a lot more successfully around the world. Uh, for those of you who have subscriptions to The Athletic, Joshua Clokey had an article yesterday about kind of breaking down all the background. The three to four million from uh, CSB, Canada Soccer Business, fixed yearly rate, and it also helps fund the CPL. So yeah. it makes you wonder a league, as it was pointed out by Rich, having COVID in its second year where you ended up having to have a tournament at neutral site in the Maritimes to just have a champion uh, discussed, you know, it didn't help the league and FC Edmonton, I think is on life support right now. I think that they are on the verge of either folding or trying to find a new owner or both as you're trying to introduce a new franchise into the Vancouver area. Um, you know, I mean, remember the, the press conference that, and this was something that completely slipped my mind, cloaking in the article that he writes yesterday Remembered the press conference where uh, Nick Bottas said that the men's team proposal for a new contract was untenable at the time that it was offered. So, I mean, it's just awful what is going on up there with Canada soccer. And then there actually is a piece of breaking news. Charmaine Crooks has been named acting president of Canada soccer, five-time Olympian, according to Cloakey. Crooks could use her experience to bridge the gap between the frustrated women's and men's national teams and the board and CSB. So uh, required requested reading is the cloaky article about the Bontis resignation. And if I'm not mistaken, Bontis actually now, because of Victor Montaliani, still has a gig inside CONCACAF, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Nick is not uh, completely hurting for any kind of jobs. But yeah, but yeah Coco, legitimately, CPL, might be the OG NASL, but the thing is, is that the OG NASL had a lot of money and just spent a lot of money. The CPL, I don't know where their money is, and it's just kind of has that shoestring budget feel where it just seems like it's just kind of there. But it does make you wonder if CSB is getting the three to four, giving three to four million dollars, depending on uh, market markers when it comes to their sponsorships. How much of that three to four million is going to keep the CPL is has been going to keep the CPL afloat in all of this discussion and how much of it has been funneled there? How much of it has been done to uh, help the national teams out? And the answer is probably more the former than the latter. If we're hearing what we're hearing, Bart, about the women's mm-hmm. national team. Right. And that that's kind of the issue that Canada soccer, the Canadian Premier League, Canada soccer business, they have to figure out how this sport, this league can bring in more revenue. Uh, outside of subsidies from the the federation. I mean, we again, we kind of went through this with the NWSL, and it was obviously needed to keep NWSL afloat in its early years, but U.S. soccer is obviously in a much stronger financial position than, you know, Canada soccer and the Canadian Premier League. Yep. Uh, I know that I've kept you into uh, added extra time this morning. Uh, uh, what is going on? 
Um, when when is the next uh, soccer for us pod? When I can record it, John. <laughs> when I can just record it. All this real world stuff. Oh, and uh, is yeah. there a is there a travel itinerary update for uh, heading south for the world, women's world cup? Uh, I mean, no. I think the last update I said was I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Saturday, the day after the um, U.S. Vietnam game. Um, plan to be at the the Netherlands match. Um, plan to be at the now match against Portugal in the group stage, and uh, have not fully figured out if I'll be at that first round of 16 match. I have to figure out if I can stay that long or if I have to come back. So okay, so is it still like two grand to fly down? It's in total, it's about 1,900. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For the all for all, just getting there and back. See, we got to figure out a way that you can write yeah. this off as a business expense. I know. I know. I mean, well, when you know, when you appear on the show, you know, you could sit there and say, "Hey, look, like, oh, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm working. doing a, I'm yeah. working, I'm reporting on the Women's World Cup." There you go. That's what I, I should do. I should. Oh, how do I figure this out? Okay. Um, good thought, John. Maybe I'm gonna figure out how to create a independent soccer reporting business and write that off as an expense llc yourself soccer for uh, soccer free well and this is well and coco coco i love the how you're thinking the sdh llc is going to be used to boost your tax there you go all right so, i gotta talk to scott flood about this maybe he can find me a sponsor what that, ooh, <laughs> hey that that's probably that is that's honestly that's a hell of an idea there you go. It's a hell of a Scott. Nice. Let me let me get on the phone with him right now. There you go. All right. So uh, we're gonna. I've got a. I've got an in session interview at the bottom of the hour. So we're gonna call it today. What else is going on in your world before you go? Well, obviously, um, we you had got a great a game. You got a game. I, I just want to give a shout out. We had a great, great crowd um, at the Atlanta United game opening weekend. Um, I want to give a shout out to all the supporters, group organizers. Um, there's so many people, but you know. From Lisa and Abby to uh, Reggie and Casey, uh, Ryan, all the guys who, you know, all the people who, who are involved in planning their individual supporters tailgates. Um, fantastic job. Uh, new location. You made it a very fun and intimate atmosphere that carried over into this, the stands. Uh, shout out to Andrea for all of her work keeping us hype in the supporter section it was definitely something that uh was hard to do especially conceding that first goal and looking a lot like last year i know we're not allowed to talk about but, last year but, but 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 what did what did the guy say on the halo board in prescription for victory i don't i wasn't listening to you john oh! <laughs> uh, Point no i you you pointed out the fans to stay with them so thank you um it was. I just saw you up there. I was like, "Oh, that's John." I was not in the um, headspace to listen to that point in time. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was, but it was a great day. I, it was such a wonderful return to soccer, um, especially kind of merging the hope of a new season with the fears of what we've kind of had to endure the past three seasons of just, frankly, again, not being a very good team. Um, it's. It was nice to see everyone and, and be back in action. There you go. So uh, Bartimus Prime 19, soccer for USPOD, both on the Twitters. we got to figure out how we can finance Bart's trip down to uh, to Australia, New Zealand. Hey, hey, dude, I'm serious. I mean, I'm serious. That's a conversation we probably – I know. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll ask Scott. I'll be like, hey, who can sponsor me? Kick off coffee. There we go. Basically, that's what we're saying. So uh, Bart's going to go and go back into the real world. Thanks to him. Thanks to Dylan Butler. Thanks to y'all for doing Stadia down here in hour number one. 
and everything else that uh, has been going on. That's what Wall Pass Wednesdays are for, and that's what uh, it's all about. It's about having fun, talking topics, talking Atlanta United, talking about the world of soccer, because this is Soccer's Morning Show, and you guys make it that every single day. So we'll be back tomorrow morning, 9.05, to talk about stuff. That's the official term. So uh, since it is the end of the show, for uh, Jason, for Jarrett, for Nick, I'm just John. And uh, once again, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Mucha plati, I'll play it safe. And since it's the end of the show, that means I get to do this. We'll do it again tomorrow morning, 9.05. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.